the hard truth, Tony Schaefer, powered by Sig Sauer, Never Settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I recommend you carry the best, and you better, because Sig Sauer is the best, Never Settle. Uh, we are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, at uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and, of course, ProjectSentinel.com and .net. So today in our episode, we're going to be talking about uh, a current event issue with my friend Andy Berger. Andy Berger is the the founder of Voices Against Trafficking. Uh, she has a great book, The Strength of Many Voices Speaking as One, which I highly recommend. And she's a survivor herself. I, I'm putting up for those who are watching uh, the cover of the book, which she graciously sent me. And I've, I've uh, sent out to others because she sent me a box and I give them out all the time. And uh, without further ado, Andy, welcome to The Hard Truth. Well, thank you, Tony. Good to be on your show again, and uh, glad that we can be part of the solution together, getting the message out today. So, and yeah, it looks for the audience to know you've had me participate in several of your online events, and mm -hmm. I think it's important that uh, people recognize three things. First, this is happening constantly right under people's noses. I, I, I don't think people recognize that this is uh, woven, hidden within the very tapestry of society. And I think we're just seeing, we're seeing the edges of it right now with the, the Epstein documents and some of the things going on in the South of the border. So that's the first thing. Secondly, uh, within the context of, of the system, people who do this sort of thing are masters of camouflage. As I mentioned, they're hidden within uh, our eyesight half the time. And they are the, the they are, are brilliant in compromising the very systems that are designed to detect and support uh, traffic victims by the fact that they often hide within uh, organizations to capture people. I, I'm aware of at least a couple of organizations. I don't want to say by name because I don't want to get sued, but I know that a couple of investigations are ongoing relating to supposed rescue organizations, which are actually uh, involved in trafficking. It's like it's like a it's like a, a, what's that term? Uh, the the, uh, the the spider trap basically you know they're they're getting ready to grab you when you when when you come in and then the third thing I, and I I don't know how much we want to get into this but the fact is that even after people are rescued and brought out restitution takes forever if if at all I mean it's the justice all. on this thing is just slow so with that said let's start start with the third point <laughs> right up front why is it that we're only now finding out regarding the disclosure of the of the uh, Epstein documents from 20, 2012, 2013, 2014. Why, Andy, are we only now hearing about this and, and, and the victims have been ignored and pretty much denied justice all this time? Mm -hmm. Well, for one, if the victims were given restitution or were in any way elevated, then that, mm -hmm. of course, would uh, definitely not work in the predator's uh, favor. But as right. far as the information... Uh, I think there was a lot of, here's my, here's my, my bot, my, my basic line. Somebody always knows when a child or a victim is being abused or tortured. There's always people, there are always people who know whether yeah. they have the courage to stand up and say anything or make a call to a hotline or a helpline. It, that's, that's a different thing. In the Epstein case, you had all of these people profiting off of the, the lush life that he provided them the influency that, Hey, I'm going to be with the bigs. You know, I'm going to be with the celebrities and do this and do that. Or I can be kinky and my wife or my girlfriend or my family won't know about it because it'll be a business trip. So right. I am certain there is a lot of damaging information. I'm also certain that we're, that there are people who probably 
uh, were in Epstein's business circles that didn't participate at all in those activities, but because maybe there's a photo of them with him, they're going to be associated with that. Yeah. So it goes both ways, Tony. But I think uh, all of the clamoring about who's in the book and who did what, why isn't that focus on the victim? Where are they now? Who's giving them the mental health resources? Who's helping them rebuild their life? Because they cannot give them back their innocence. They cannot give them back what should have been maybe their youth or their, their childhood or you know even young adults in college. You cannot replace that. In fact, yeah. uh, right now, college campuses are the number one uh, most unsafe place to be for women 18 to 24 years old. And, and oh. that's all the assaults and all the trafficking. Yeah. So you, you might find this funny. Uh, I'm still close friends with all my female uh, exes from, from high school and college. We, we all stay in touch. It's kind of funny. And um, man, the eighties was such a great time. And we, we were completely oblivious and this, this, this didn't seem to be as prevalent back then because, you know, I mean, I, I talked to, again, these are girls that we hang out with. We did stupid stuff. We got drunk all the time. There was no fear that they were going to be carted off into some lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it, it just seems like a different time now, because to your point, I think it's because of the, the fabric of things have changed so dramatically that people are indeed actually at risk now more than before. Is that, is that an accurate assessment? Or I would say so, because here's the thing. We desensitize the value of children. You know, take take the cuties movie, which we led a huge yeah. campaign against. Okay, putting 10, 9, 12-year-old girls up there gyrating and, and yeah. sexy outfits and stuff in movie theaters, okay? Yeah. They, everybody knew that was involved with that particular project. The parents of those children knew, but they wanted the fame or the notoriety or the whatever it was they got out of that. Okay, so we have desensitized the value of children in this society. We have put them back to being chattel, to being of, of zero value at any stage of life form. Okay, so that's one thing. And think about all the way from women's movement forward, how we have uh, desensitized caring about people, uh, whether right. it's your gender role or, or partner role or whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it, we no longer care about our neighbor the way that we used to. We no longer care about what happens over there as long as it's not over here. Okay. But we may have opinions about it. We have a lot of angry people out there and hurt, hurt begets anger, anger begets uh, violence. Okay. Right. It's just that line. And I know you know that. So right now with all of this ruckus about the book, my thought is, Forget the book, go help the victims, rebuild their lives. And if things come out and you can arrest somebody, great, but you haven't done it in a timely manner. So the chances of that happening are very slim. I'm actually surprised that Maxwell is still, you know, breathing, to be honest. I mean, she got Me too. Yeah, something big out of it to be able to hold on to that for so long. So let's talk about that for a little bit. I um I do believe there's some deeper issues that go with it. Look, I'm a I'm a spy. I'm a retired spy. Uh, we were taught very early on, Andy, the concept of honeypots. That, that I'm not saying anything here that people haven't seen or where there's the the added technique called brownstoning, where uh, you use the honeypot for purposes of doing a secondary, getting the target into bed with someone underage, and then, to your point, getting that on film. So a, a couple of things I, I just I'm trying to put uh, put in context. I, I mean, I've seen some word combinations come out that I'd never would have seen thought I'd see uh in the media over the past couple of weeks 
Who would ever thought they would see the name Stephen Hawking with nude midgets working quadratic equations on a blackboard? I mean, who'd have thought? And, and I'm only making light of this by the fact that they compromised that guy. I mean, whatever, whatever fantasy he had, these people were able to orchestrate and pay for. And then, and, and my, by extension, he's not the only one. And Stephen Hawking to me is like, uh, I, you know, I don't know why you wanted to get a guy in a wheelchair who's basically writing scientific theories to be compromised, but they did. I'm, I'm sure he did something in some role in some place re regarding what they wanted done. But that's my point is that they, they used enormous resources, Andy, uh, yep. to basically get these guys to commit uh, essentially horrific criminal acts. I don't think we've even heard of the worst yet because often so so much of what I've read about this is it's not just about it's not about sex, it's about power. It's about abuse. Absolutely. And so much so much of what I suspect happened here and to your point about uh, uh, Maxwell still being alive. Some of these people who went down there uh, had to have committed uh, to doing some really horrific things. And I mm -hmm. think this is where the victims, and I, and, and I guess that's the question I have. Do you think victims should be speaking out more readily about what happened or is there an embarrassment factor that prohibits them or precludes them from wanting to do that? Well, first point is yes, there's always shame, guilt, uh, humiliation. I mean, even when somebody's been somebody's intern, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a high power and then years later regrets it or somebody has taken, uh, had new, nude photos taken and they become Miss America and then they get dethroned. So we always have yeah. uh, those folks that do something maybe with the belief that it's what they believe in or that there really is something on the other end of that job offer or that opportunity and then yeah. find out that they were drastically wrong. There was, uh, I remember it, it's been years, but there was a mother that spoke out shortly after um, Epstein was discovered in his jail cell. And, and she said, well, you know, my daughter shouldn't be held accountable because she was only the third captain. And that, in that scenario, she was probably recruited very young and grew up, so to speak, through that organization, she's getting the clothes, she's getting the attention, she has to do these nasty things, but you know, hey, I, at least I've, I've got all of this stuff, I've got nice hair, nice nails, whatever, but then becomes a recruiter herself because that's the grooming. Yep. And so yep. they can't leave that life because one, they'd probably not survive it, they'd probably be killed or something would happen. But the other part of it is even if they did survive it, they're leaving something they don't know how to operate in outside of. So some of the folks that we've rescued reintegrating them into community on minimum wage when they've been stripping and been sold for all of this money, even though they didn't get the money, they know they could make that. It's really hard to get them to understand uh, there's a better way of life and it may not be as lucrative, you know, in the beginning, but you need to do this. Otherwise you're going to be back in, in that, that horrible situation. Only one out of a hundred survivors uh, or one out of a hundred trafficking victims survive. Tony, uh, we know that. We know yep. the average age is 12 to 13 years old. Girls are boys now. And that, you know, they're sold 20, 25 times a day. How can America stand for that? How can we sit every night having our dinner with our own children or without children and know that every 40 seconds a child 18 years or under is abducted in this country? That means they're lured into something they didn't know, like a summer job or something they thought was safe uh, or candy for a little kid or a toy. Uh, or they're actually taken. So how do we stand for that? By the time this interview is over, we're going to have lost, I don't know how many more kids, I'm not a math major, but it'll be a lot. Yeah. So 
where is America? Where are the people that say, you know what? This is wrong. It's not right versus left. It's right versus wrong. Right. No, I, I agree with you. And I, I look, I'm aware, again, from my own experience, having been a target of this and being able to have avoided it, thank goodness. I, I had some good advisors, which I don't want to name because they don't want to be named. But I was warned, early warning. It's like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we think is going to happen. This is what they're going to do. And I had the, I met one of those girls you're talking about who basically was seduced very early into the process. She yeah. basically is a prisoner of the process. I mean, she, she basically is, they keep her broke. They, they move her around. They, they basically direct her to do certain things. And uh, it, it basically, from my understanding of the intel on this person, started probably when she was 9 or 10. And yeah. then by the time you get into your teens, you're, you're basically groomed and I, you're by the, and by the time you're in your twenties, you're, you're an operative. You basically become part of the, exactly. the very thing that, and I don't think people understand like, no, this is, this is, this is a, a real process that people are put into. And, and, yeah. and, and it's a business, and, it's a business, it's a business. For predators. And if yep. there was no demand that there wouldn't be a need to supply. And if there's no supply and demand, there is no profit. And then right. <laughs> nobody would be doing this right. But in a perfect world, however, right. we know we can't get rid of depraved nature. Uh, that's just part of the human condition. However, what we can do is at least turn the tide from the predator's uh, favor over to the victims. And that's one of the things that we advocate very hard for, because like you said, there are people out there that are are more stealth and, and smarter than any of us that will find a way like you, you were to set you up. Uh, just like the swatting thing lately, you know, if you don't like somebody, well, go have them swatted, you know, have yeah. their house surrounded by SWAT teams and, and scare the heck out of you and your family, things like that. So again, where is the, where is the median where we come back to uh, what America started as people that wanted a different life, people that were willing to sacrifice themselves. So somebody else could have freedom. Somebody else could live in truth. And I get this uh, sometimes, well, you know, it just started uh, like a few decades ago. And I'm like, no, trafficking has been around since yeah. probably Cain and Abel, because there's been a trade of human life for sex, for labor, for debt repayment since Roman Greco, all those eras. This is just the fact now our country happens to be number one now yeah. and bringing it to a whole new level. Well, I think that's the, the key is like, and again, as, as we postulated at the beginning of our conversation, this is hidden in plain sight. People yes. don't see it, yet it's there. And I think that's one of the things, obviously, I support your cause and, and the voices against trafficking and what you're doing to educate folks because people need to start looking. If you, it's, it's amazing what you don't see if you don't look, right? I mean, if exactly. you're not looking for it, it's like, oh, I don't see anything. And I think this is what I think we need to do is help people become aware that, look, if you see something, if it looks odd, it probably is. You know, God gave you uh, instincts for a, a reason. Use them. But let's Absolutely. talk for a minute about the nature of, of, of freedom and who we are. So I always say, and this is a bit off topic, but I think related to, to what we're trying to talk about here. I always say people get American exceptionalism wrong. American exceptionalism is not that we're better than everybody else, that everybody else can come here and be American. They can have these freedoms. That's the, that's the exceptionalism, mm -hmm. that, that you can come from any country and be us. And I, I think that's the key. And, and the key to that is freedom, the idea to have the ability of choice. And so many people in the world, and, and this, I look, I went to high school in Lisbon, Portugal. I saw firsthand how other cultures treat women and, yeah. and treat uh, life. 
how life and you know, I was in Afghanistan, I've been in Latin America, I've been in the Far East. I'm telling you right now, people Americans don't understand how life is devalued and not not treated uh, with the proper respect. And that's right. part of what we're dealing with here. We have people within our own culture who have a third world mentality when it comes to human beings. I'll just say it that way because, you know, the the Arab world and look, I've got a lot of uh of Islamic friends in England, uh, they are, I, I want to say they're reformed Islamists by the fact that they do believe in equality uh, of women and men. Uh, they treat the, treat women, you know, I've worked, dealt with Pakistanis. I, I actually met with Ambassador Sherry Rayman, who was the ambassador from, Port, from Pakistan to the United States at one point. Again, you don't get to be an ambassador if you're not someone who's respected within the culture. But there are the cultures who degrade women and degrade children. And yes. those are some of those at the Southwest border. So let's talk a little bit about that because uh, again, it's not just overseas. We're talking yeah. about at our own Southwest border. These issues are, are resident. And last week, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, we had, uh, my, my dear friend, uh, former assistant secretary for, for, uh, for Western hemisphere, assistant undersecretary for Western hemisphere in the Pentagon, Jose de la Pena. Uh, I'm Sergio de la Pena. Sorry, Sergio. Sergio de la Pena. Well, I got my friend Jose, Jose Oliveira, who's my boss in Afghanistan. You know, we all mix each other up. So anyway, but Sergio was on the show and he, as the assistant secretary, was also the attache to Venezuela at one point. He's a retired army colonel. And we were going through all of this, how basically because the southwest border is no longer under U.S. control, all U.S. laws and concerns are pretty much ignored by the fact that cartels are the ones running this. The cartels are the ones who basically engage for profit, big profit, I might add, yes. uh, the, the human trafficking, uh, complete denial or or just no interest in preserving the innocence of children, the protection of women. It means nothing to them. It's all about money. Yeah. And at this point, we, the U.S. government, because we are trying to create a, a funnel for these people, we're the ones actually paying uh, the cartels for the privilege of, of, of basically putting people into slavery. Absolutely. Am I, am, I, am I correct on that? You are absolutely correct. I mean, even a couple of years ago, okay, once the border was open, first of all, there was no control over how many kids came over, what was being right. done with them, whether they were partnered up, all of the social services that were, were pulled were saying, you know, we can't match this up or that up. And then you have the posers. So cartels are smart, right? They use posers to say, oh, I'm the aunt or I'm the uncle. And right. And da, 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 da. even in the foster care system, that happens. And I've got a story coming out in our next magazine, you know, uh, later on this year. And, and it's about that very thing. And so you have the posers. So nobody has a checks and balance because there's so many coming over. And we know that the millions that have come over, not only have they, they run over all the cities on the southern border. And we're getting this from the northern border, too, by the way. It's not just mm -hmm. the southern, but we, we talk more about that. We have counterparts right. on the border of uh, U.S., Mexico. They cannot keep up with the number of kids that they try to rescue and put in shelters. They don't have enough shelters. They don't have enough right. money to keep up with it. So these cartels, uh, a couple of years ago, the average rate for a kid would be about $3,200, $3,400. And anybody could come pick up a child that was unattended or that the cartels provided and do whatever you wanted with them. Now, imagine if, if you're a 12-year-old boy or girl and, and your parents think they're sending you over the border for a better life, okay, but doesn't work out that way. And usually the girls and women, 80% at least, are raped before they even get over the border. Okay, yeah. we've heard about the raping trees. All right, and as disturbing as it is, it's still true. 
So when these kids come over, they're not speaking our language. How do they work? How do they support themselves if they manage to survive or escape? Okay, where do they go? We're not helping them. That is not compassionate, as we were told uh, when all of that started. So now the cartels have had enough time to figure out, woohoo, look what we can do, right? Yeah. U.S. is going to protect us because once we get these kids over the border, they have to get uh, into a center. They have to uh, right. go through a process that should take 30 days, Tony, as you know, but it's only taking 10 or 12 days too fast going through the system like, OK, just put them in a house, put them somewhere. Right. And it really is. Let's just sell them. So this is where, again, it's not a left or right issue. And and I, I want people to understand that that nobody within the, the context of my conversations on this with law enforcement or, or Homeland Security, you or other advocates and, and um, uh, uh, folks who have actually trying to, to do this are, are political. This is not a political issue. And yet, because there are, I, I'm going to say this, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but, <laughs> but there are political issues that justify within a context of a party why they're doing this. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't want you to respond. I don't, you don't have to respond. You can if you want. My belief is certain elements of the left, not even the Democrat Party, because I know I have Democrats I, I talk to on a regular basis. Certain elements of the, of the progressive left have decided that they want to have a permanent underclass of, of people who will always basically seek to, to, to support uh, their causes by the fact that they're brought to the country and given opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, I I... The problem with that is, okay, to get here and have the opportunity, you're actually benefiting uh, the the cartels and criminal elements because mm -hmm. the 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 community the, the the illegal alien communities are most put upon and terrorized by criminal elements. It's, we're not doing them any favors, and the issue relating to human trafficking is an extension of this idea that oh, we're giving children better lives. No, you're not. Because you're not actually uh, managing a process from intake to process to outtake. And if you're not managing that process, there's all sorts of people with nefarious uh, uh, views and objectives and profit-making objectives that could care less about uh, altruism. They just don't care. And this is my issue by the fact that, that, that people who, who are politicians don't pay enough attention to this because certain politicians see benefit to allowing the system to be in the chaos it is. It's not about Absolutely. not having laws. It's about the chaos that exists because they're not enforcing laws. Is, is that too, is that, is, is that an extreme position I'm taking? No, actually in our, in the uh, volume two of the Voices of Courage magazine, we just put out a couple weeks ago, there's a perfect article uh, you know, on the border, chaos yeah. kills. Okay. Chaos. So yeah. when there's chaos, there's confusion. People don't know what to do. They'll either take the easiest path, you know, like a sheep, and and yep. the one sheep that maybe doesn't go that way is going to get slaughtered anyways because there's only one of them. So that's why yeah. when we talk about collective voices together, we're stronger right. if we band together. Why don't we band together on this one issue, regardless of party, regardless of religion, regardless of anything? It's a human issue. Yep. Human trafficking is a crime against humanity. Okay, but you have to decide that humans have value and worth. Okay, regardless of what they look like, what package they're in, what they believe, this used to be a free country where you could say whatever you want. But now criminals can bust down, you know, businesses. Uh, there are so many repeat offenders that get released and they they murder or they harm. We have criminals that come across the border as well as uh, U.S. 
criminals trying to go back to Mexico or other places. So it's, it is chaos. And that is why we as American people, American citizens, right now in this country, if you're in this country, you need to stand up. You need to decide you're either one of three things. You're a person that does good, you're a person that does nothing, or you're a person that does evil. Only one of those things is productive for the future of humanity. Our children are the future of any country worldwide. If we annihilate them, sell them for organs, use them for chattel or sexual perversions, what kind of people are we? What kind of nation is this? Because again, it started long before, just like the, the argument about, oh, well, it's this party that started human trafficking. Well, let me just set the record straight, Tony, if you don't mind. No, please. I've heard. No, I this this goes on both parties. I've heard. I've heard the Republican okay. side on this too. No, I, I'm aware. I was born in '62, and and I the abuse and the trafficking began for me at age six months and went until 17 years old. In those days, they didn't even talk about child abuse. If there was something weird like that, they swept it under the carpet or they didn't believe you. And so let alone trafficking, which they didn't have a term even back then. But my family members, my immediate members uh, and a few extended members all participated in various acts against my person. And of course, that involves your, your mind, your body, your soul, that by the age of five years old, I decided it would be better to be dead. And that was my first attempt at suicide. Because that's how desperate the screams, the cries, no one was listening. I begged God to let me die or let them kill me, you know, because I just wanted out. I could, as a five-year-old child, a tiny child, I was that desperate. And the good news is that when I went to the curb of my house to jump in front of a car to kill myself, uh, no car came by. And as I sat there waiting, I looked into the sky and I thought maybe there's something or someone bigger. And so in that moment, I heard this voice in my heart, which in my life is God. And he said, this is not the plan I have for you. Suicide is not the answer. So explain to me how in the 60s then, and the last time my birth mother tried to kill me, I was 17. So that's that part of my wow. life. Okay, wow. so explain to me how, there was no QAnon. There were no parties uh, you know, promoting uh, predatory activities or, or blaming each other for crimes and things like that. None of that was there in the 60s. So to say right. it's all one party is completely wrong. Because no, I'm, and God bless you for being here. No, I, I Andy, uh, I, I thank you for sharing that. Look, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've done very dangerous things and considered contemplated suicide myself, to be honest with you. So, look, uh, I appreciate the fact that you made the right choice and God was able to kind of show up when he was needed. I think God tends to do that if you listen carefully. Yeah. I, I tend to believe people that God talks to us through other people as well, which is great. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here to share your message and continue to help us educate uh, those who need to understand how serious this is. So we got to take a break. We're going to be uh, coming back with part two of The Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, right after this break. Stand by and come right back. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. 
These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is The Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, part two, still powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. As I always say, you better choose what I chose, which is Sig Sauer, because it's the best. Uh, and uh, we're on the America Out Loud talk radio network and on their podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net.com. And, of course, a shout-out to our friend Cherie Curry. Cherie does our bumper and theme music. God bless you, Cherie. We always appreciate your support to our show and we're now joined in part two of the show andy Berger's sticking around for part two and we're we're now joined by the persnickety chris cordani I like and the, the the contextual elizabeth breckenkamp welcome uh, all to the to part two of the show so <laughs> the felix unger of radio persnickety. that's right so uh, uh so uh we're we're jumping right back in so uh, it, it, you know uh, andy we were just talking and as we were running up to this Everybody here has had some form of, I think, challenge to overcome in their life. Everybody does. I mean, this it's one of those things that we're all, um, I think, apt to learn lessons that 
God, whatever I, I believe in God too. I so I, I you know whatever whatever spirit or uh, being you care to believe in. I mean, if you're Stephen Hawking, I guess you believe in midgets. Who knows? I mean, I don't know these things. But but he believes um, in science. Yeah. He believe well, you know, she blinded. Of course, me with God science. created science, but he That's doesn't right. want to admit God me. created science. Though. That's right, <laughs> Miss Sakamoto. You are beautiful, as the song goes. Anyway, that's a different <laughs> right, right, Chris? Come uh, on. Oh, yeah, you know that right, song. Yeah. Thomas well, Dolby, she blinded me with science. Well, so our problem. 80s guy has fallen down here for good. No. I, I was going to say, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I was blended by that. And the funny thing was the same professor who uh, who was the, the male professor was also the lead into the second, the follow-up hit, Hyperactive, by Thomas Dolby. That's so right. There we go. I think I redeemed myself right now. That's right. There we go. Good, 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 good recovery there, Chris. Anyway, <laughs> by the way, Andy, we all do we all do uh, social media and uh, 80s and, and other shows, right, Chris? Sometimes yes, we do. I remember that. No, <laughs> yeah, we, anyway. we love 80s music. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I look. I just like oh, give stuff. a shout out to the 80s earlier. It was great. Anyway, so let's get back yeah. to, to the topic, though, of, of uh, overcoming diversity and, and uh, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So one of the things, Andy, you guys continue to do is is try to get people to pay attention. So I know you've tried to work with members of Congress. You've tried to get organizations to pay more attention to this. Obviously, we're one of your allies as an organization. We're always there yes, standing by to do what we can. But what more can what would can what can the average person do on this sort of thing? What what do you if you know if if we have you know 15, 20 people who listen to our our show today and say, man, what can I do to help? What would you ask them to do? What do you think that would be good for them to do? I love that question because the first thing I always uh, encourage people to do is go to our website, voicesagainsttrafficking.com, yeah. where we have helplines and hotlines. Put those numbers in your phone today. If you see something, you can say something without feeling embarrassed or uncomfortable. The people on the other end of all of those lines, whether it's suicide prevention, uh, addiction, military help, you know, uh, human trafficking, child abuse awareness, any of that. Or if you feel you're on the edge and you might become an abuser, those lines are there for you to use. And they are safe anywhere in this country, in the U.S., Whoever you are talking to will find you help or find you resources in your area. So first thing, doesn't take but a couple of minutes. Put those numbers in your phone. And also age-appropriate children, if they are old enough to understand what those numbers are for, put them in their phone as well. Because guess what? Kids will tell other kids about something that's wrong, usually before they'll tell an adult. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the second thing then is, of course, mm -hmm. uh, become more aware Get one of our books. Listen to shows like this. Listen, uh, look at podcasts. Find out more information. Our goal is, one, to create greater awareness through books, magazines, uh, music CDs. We're going to have a comedy CD out later this year, uh, a TV show, things like that. We're trying to reach you. If you haven't heard enough about human trafficking or you don't think it happens in your area, trust me, it absolutely does. We have rescued hundreds and hundreds of kids from families of all backgrounds, all, all genders, all cultures, all everything. Human trafficking has nothing to do with that. It has to do with somebody wanting to use another human being for profit or sexual uh, deviancy. Mm -hmm. So the numbers. The other thing is go to your local law enforcement. Find out what they want you to report or if they're even reporting it, if they've even had training on this. If yeah. you've voted for a school board member or the mayor, find out what they've done. If they can't show you that they've actually done anything to protect the children in your community that they're working to make sure you have a safer uh, community to live in. 
or a community that would be welcoming of we we relocate victims all the time so welcoming of people who have been hurt then recall them don't support them pull your money away vote for someone else because a lot of people say a lot of things before the votes come in right but if they have not acted on it then don't trust it uh, and that's really as harsh as i can get on that one because they don't deserve yeah. to be a leader if they cannot even tell you how they plan to protect your families okay yeah. uh, and then of course we're 501c3 nonprofit. So everything we do, whether it's the education part, because we believe that uh, being aware leads to prevention. Prevention is the way to end human trafficking in 21st century slavery. Maybe not all at one time, but if we have less victims, that's the goal. And your child, your niece, your nephew, your sister, your brother, your uncle, your aunt could be the next victim. We don't want that to happen. I know as a survivor over six decades that you never ever leave that. It's part of your life it doesn't have to define your life but it is a life sentence for victims even one sexual assault can change the course of a person's life any abuses we were talking about so if you have a dollar or you have two dollars that's another way to help maybe you don't have time maybe you don't have a lot of money but you can go to our site get information look at the be aware stay safe program that we offer tony four minutes a day really 21 days a whole habit will be changed in your yep. family unit. And so four minutes a day for training, you can have taco night with the kids and, and do that. And so we wanna create conversations and we also wanna encourage people who don't know how to start them with their children to reach out to us for help. Because when you open the conversation in a way that says, we're not trying to police you, we're trying to protect you. But this issue is bigger than all of us, even your mom and dad, you know? So let's talk mm. about how we work as a family. One is to start using a code, a special code word that's generic, like don't forget your lunch. Okay, if you get that phrase and that's your family's code phrase, mm. you know something is wrong, you go get your child, you go get your college student. Whatever it is, you can discuss whether there was poor judgment or something that happened later, but the don't go come down on the kids until you have that opportunity to find out what really happened, right. okay? We all make bad, I don't know about you guys, but we've all made, made bad Oh yeah, no, I'm bad. <laughs> you may not have been a rebellious teenager, but I know they're out there. Uh, so I'm just saying that if we make it safe for our kids of any age to speak to us, that will also be prevention in action. So those are all great points. And one of the things I always encourage people, as you point out, Andy, is personal involvement. So one of the things that I've done, and this overlaps with one of my personal um uh, points I always try to make when I do talks is get involved. And one of the yeah. things I, I actually sit here in Chihuahua County on the, the social services committee. And so we deal with this directly. The, the committee deals with this because uh, one of the things that we see overlapping is drug, drug abuse and child abuse. And, yeah. and a lot of these, these kids get into these abuse situations and then get further down the path because of drugs, because drug is, Mm -hmm. Drugs, you know, people who are selling drugs, you know, one of the things about kids, uh, they can be sold over and over. Uh, unlike drugs, you don't have to get more. You, you can. It, it's unfortunately, it's a very horrific uh, process. And so, one of the things I I do sit on the local homeland home uh, the, uh, the, the 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 social services board because we as work here with the law enforcement folks in the state of North Carolina just to basically protect these kids to get them out of the situation. So 
uh, whenever we can work together with your advocacy and, and, and state organizations who are actually involved in this, the better off everybody is because there's got to be a complete process to help get these kids uh, out of bad situations. And again, to your point, this happens This happens right here in little old Edenton, North Carolina. There was a case mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get into because of confidentiality, but there was a situation kind of like we're talking about, which I'm aware of from uh, local events here locally. So these things do happen. And, and uh, sometimes because of legality in this case, we can't talk about it, but uh, there are other things which do become public and people have to be given a path of understanding of what to do to help uh, resolve things. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your gut instinct, like you said, those little neck hairs that we have, the kind of like yeah. something just doesn't feel right when you see an mm-hmm. older man, maybe with a, a girl that looks a li- dressed up a little bit older than maybe she really is. Things like that. A really quick yeah. example. We had a member on an airplane or going to her airplane. Rather, she saw a gentleman, uh, probably 40 ish with a, a little tiny baby all covered up with a blanket, couldn't see the head, but was crying. And so she just had a sense something wasn't quite right, but uh, mm-hmm. she had to make her next flight. But what she did was she turned around, pretended to take a selfie of herself and the, the board that shows all the flights. So she got a part of him and the baby uh, in the blanket in that picture. But she also waited and saw what flight he was going on, where he was going to uh, board. And so when she got on her plane, she told the flight attendant, all flight attendants, all airlines are supposed to be training regularly on this, uh, what she had witnessed. And when she landed, uh, the flight attendant had notified TSA and given them all the information. Uh, And so she got on the next flight and anyway, in between called me. I called another person in D.C. that's on our on our team. I said, look, this is what's happening. She can't call right now, but here's the deal. And so she got all the information, all these pictures. Our our gal in D.C. got Homeland Security on it. And in four hours, there was an open case and they were tracking this guy. Excellent. Excellent. In four hours. Yeah, in four hours. So we try to work fast to help whenever we can in active cases. But when we're traveling, when we're in a restaurant and we see something that doesn't look quite right. That's mm-hmm. where those numbers can be involved. We had another couple that actually took a picture of the license plate of a gentleman with a young young boy and felt like something wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Just by the way, the body language of the child, the control factor of the handler oh, right. or predator himself, it could have been. And so she was able, to, they were able to give that to the police. So it was something, right? I would have, I, mm-hmm. my whole life would have changed if somebody would have spoken up. If I knew there were people looking for me, right. now, I do have a great life now, but nobody wants to go through that pain. None of you who have had the adversity wants anyone else to go through that adversity. Right. So how about we all work together? Right. Right. Yep. Um, I know what you mean. Oftentimes I've been um, in situations where you can just tell by the child's face. Yes. You know, like you're talking about body language, sometimes just like in the perfect spot talking about, Places where um, uh, the sex trafficker, you know, the, the ones who are who are looking for children. One of the best places is Disney World. Oh yes. Oh my gosh! But I knew, you know what? I knew about that like thirty years ago, and I'm yeah. thinking, am I the only one? Because I remember first learning about that at least thirty years ago. And it's like, why is like this just not in the news? But another thing, you know, you're talking about um how the the people who are who want to find the children they want to groom the children 
right they do know the best places to go places for like disney world but i I worked in several different daycares a long time ago when i was much younger and that's another place and and i hate to say it but every single daycare i worked in was owned by a woman and of course you know i got there and i was working with two-year-olds three-year-olds um and they had interviewed a guy who who said he wanted to work in the daycare and i immediately just got like a bad sensation you know just that bad feeling but the director is like well no you know we should be fair you know if he has a qualification like did you do a background check well we did sure enough they hired this guy like six months later they had to fire him and i won't go into the details Mm. but it's like and i hate to say it but some places just should not hire men and i don't care if he is squeaky Mm. clean he might be come across as mr rogers you don't have met, of course there's actually i've met a few women who mm-hmm. shouldn't right, be working right. with I was young gonna, children yeah i was going to jump in on that one yeah, yeah. now I, I, the, these the thing is these people who want to get closer to children know how to do it right? exactly they'll, that's, what, they'll that's even, my point they'll even yeah. go out of the way to get the expertise to join a uh, a profession right that uh, gets them close to children and this Teaching is another young issue children. right yeah. and and then, and then, that has to be hard to detect too. Uh, when, when these people are just getting this education, finding their way, but they'll mm-hmm. go through great lengths to do so. Andy, had how do parents and right. maybe friends or or anybody who sees what's happening in that respect mm-hmm. uh, uh, see the signs? Well, first of all, like Tony said, be involved. Okay, ask the questions. Uh, whoever runs the daycare, whoever owns the daycare, mm-hmm. do background checks. Ask for background checks. I tell, have you checked for, you know, pedophilia? Have you checked for this? Um, and people can change their names legally and stuff too. It depends on on what the situation is. But oh, again, yeah. show up at that school or that daycare. Sit in unexpectedly, right? Just show up. Unexpectedly. I had a couple, I had a break or I had a couple hours and I just am so thankful for you having my child. I just wanted to come and see what I could do to help. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and find out how their behavior changes or doesn't change nursing professions, anything that is a helpful profession, or like mm-hmm. you said, access to kids. Uh, we, we have numerous examples of universities from Pennsylvania to Michigan to USC who have all had scandals, you know, with trusted uh, either coaches, mm-hmm. doctors, whoever, football, co- everything. And we should learn from those experiences, but we really aren't. But you're right. And I do want to say female predators are almost as prevalent as male. We hear more about yes. the, male, the female, but like in my case, my birth mother was the orchestrator of all evil, but the, mm. and, and Shalane Maxwell. Okay. We have yeah. very slick operators. And then a lot of times they'll work in tandem, male and female, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. a couple and, and they are helping you watch your kid or, or, Hey, come over to our house and play with Sally or, or Joe, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. But do we know, are there other kids in that house? Have we uh, seen the brother or the older sister that might be babysitting your kid? So right. we have to put energy and I hear that, well, I'm busy. We work two jobs. We do all this well, that's great, but your first priority if you have given birth or adopted a child is to that child. If you're in charge of a exactly. child, as an adult, you have no excuse for not having their welfare above anything because I know kids that will eat Top Ramen every night just to feel safe and loved. I rescued yeah. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my take on that, Chris. Sorry. Well, that's okay because <laughs> no, that makes sense. that's yeah. perfect. And not only does it make sense, it's your take, and now it's time for Tony's takes. Oh and boy. That, okay. and that, my friends, is powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. Tony, you never don't settle. settle. We heard that a no, few I times. 
a matter of Never fact. I, I, right, I don't settle, especially I don't settle for midgets either, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, no, all right. Uh, oh, I, I do settle for mathematics, though. I, I like my physics and things. Anyway, let's let's get into let's get into this. Uh, I know you. Let's get this easy one out of the way because I want to okay. hear it anyway. Defense All Secretary right. Lloyd Austin did technically go AWOL for a while and was yep. hospitalized over the holidays, as you know this. This, while the Biden administration didn't even know what's going on, this bears the question. It covers both lack of transparency and lack of communication. But how about this one? Is there maybe something? Where you're from, where you're looking, um, an, an epidemic of a lack of respect for the president at this point amongst his administration. So, um, let me answer that in two parts. First, uh, this is uh, essentially a test, Chris. You and I share several uh, interests regarding science fiction. Basically, <laughs> this was a test run of the new uh, DEI version of Lost in Space, where uh, basically Dr. Smith is black. And, and oh, this, was, uh, this was Austin's tryout for it. So there you go. So, <laughs> so, so Lloyd Austin will be the next Dr. Smith in, in the next revision of, of Lost in Space. Oh, and I, by the way, I think he'll, he'll do a great job. Lost, lost, you know, he's already proven he can get lost, right? That's I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Biden is yeah. lost every day, though. But Well, you know. that brings me to my next point, uh, Elizabeth, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, look, uh, one of the things I've said over and over, not be funny, uh, although I often am, thank you very much, uh, is that um, I've been friends and mentors with a lot of the Reagan folks. And, and one of the things that Bud McFarland and, and Ed, Ed Meese and, you know, God, God rest Bud and Ed's still around and I talk to Ed on a regular basis, is those guys before we had uh, cell phones and real-time communications, we're talking to each other constantly. John Lehman used to tell me how they would get together uh, after they read like the the New York Times and talk to each other on the phone to find out what, you know, what what's going to come next. How do we anticipate events so we can stay ahead of them? And again, this was the 80s. So we, you know, the, these guys had to make the effort to actually communicate. Now you could literally, and I know this because I used to text some of the the, the, the cabinet members of the Trump administration. I could text them and I would get a text back within 10, 15 minutes max. And we always kind of tracked each other because it was important. So to your point, the fact that Joe Biden uh, can't d distinguish between an exasketch and a, and a phone regarding responding, I, I think that, you know, why would you why would you respond to someone who uh, they may actually direct you to to uh, microwave tapioca or launch a strike on Putin? You don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. So why would you talk to him? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, let's go I for a you shouldn't have that red hot button right next to the microwave then, because that's hot you know, button. You know, hot pockets. Oh, whoops, wrong thing. Uh, oh, yeah. that's gotta hurt. Look, uh, let me ask you a question, Elizabeth. Since you're an expert, do you think that uh, that uh, basically, Doctor, I'm using air quotes, Doctor Jill Biden, did did you know? Weren't you impressed as I, was I in her New Year's uh, presentation? How do you? How do you? I, I was amazed that she was able to get every under a dollar Dollar General. Uh, ornament on a dress. How do you do that? I mean, that, and it, oh, she looked no. it made it look so cool too. Just saying. I mean, that was yeah. that was amazing. I, so. I have to wonder what kind of a doctor she really is. Mm. She's sparkly. She, I, I know that. I know that. Dental proctology. Not dental? a doctor of intergalactic environmental psychology like Dr. Smith? No, dental proctology. You've got to know what things coming and going if you're going to be with Joe Biden. Just saying. Or is it a PhD in BS? There we go. I don't know. I like I that. Know. All right, let's go for know. this one. The, de right. the Department of Justice can't get enough of January 6th. Now, right. now they're going to try to go after nonviolent January 6th protesters who were just there 
and who yeah. did not enter the uh, Capitol building. Well, they'll, they'll be coming to try to shave his door. Yeah. Right. What's your take, Tony? So, um, I, look, if if they want to invest in going after people who uh, uh, basically who were engaged in moping with intent to loiter, you know, that is their option. But I still believe that at some point this is going to going to fall back on them in a bad way. And by the way, you know, uh, my friend uh, Epps, Ray Epps, you know, Ray, oh, the guy no that got me suspended from Twitter because I called out the fact that he was calling for violence on, in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that he got off with a five hundred dollar fine and a year suspended sentence? Like oh, that guy was yeah. like breaking the perimeter and uh, calling for violence. And how is it that? People who simply, to your point, Chris, just kind of showed up and wandered around, you know, wondering what uh, Nancy Pelosi's office smelled like, if it smelled like patchouli or uh, or uh, Chardonnay. I think it's Chardonnay, personally. Just Chardonnay and ice cream. That's what it smells like. Chardonnay and ice cream, not patchouli. But patchouli, I think there, there's. I'm sure there Uh. smells of patchouli somewhere on Capitol Hill. Just saying. That would be Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's office. That's right. Who, by (laughs) the way. Was you know she was like hiding in her bathroom? Did I tell you guys that I once was shown what's in those congressional bathrooms? Did I tell uh, you that no. before? So uh, basically, my friend, Congress member Louis Gomert, I love Louis. Uh, Louis said, "Tony, come back here. Let me show you what's in these private areas of our office." And he showed me that next to the bathroom is this big old old-fashioned safe. So in the old days, Louis said that if you wanted something done, you had to have a safe to put those those stacks of hundred dollar bills into once they bribed you just saying. So not that members of Congress ah. are corrupt. I'm just saying, I know, I don't know. I don't know these things, but I just know. Oh what my gosh. Safety first, I guess that's safety, what it is. Safety. All right. You got to hide a, that money. So. We have about a couple minutes left. So let's, uh, let's have some right. fun here. Andy, Tony, Elizabeth, a uh, quick one here. Frank Burns or major Charles Emerson Winchester, the third Frank Burns, Frank, <sighs> Frank, Frank, <laughs> See, everybody likes Frank. Frank should have stayed. Way funnier. Yeah, the other guy was just never much. I mean, you know. I don't Not know. a good party guest. No. <laughs> no, he was I'm just sure so Frank... pompous and, you know, narcissistic. <laughs> That was the point. I, I kind of liked Winchester, but Frank definitely was better. Uh, again, and I, and again, maybe I'll throw this at you too. But uh, Blake or Potter? Oh, Henry Blake. Oh, absolutely. Blake. Blake. Of yeah, Potter was more. I mean, yeah. He was always getting ready to go fishing. You know, he always yes. had the hat with the fishing lures. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's Great right. expectations. Clayne Stevenson <laughs> should never have left that show. That was not his best destiny, leaving that show. No, as a matter of fact, his career and his character were destroyed by a bomb, weren't they? Hello, Larry. <laughs> Uh, hello, Larry was part of that bomb. So just saying. So. Yeah. Anyway, before we go, Chris, I have a question for you and for all of you. Uh, which Frank Burns movie or TV series? Mm. Yeah, I like, I like the movie Houlihan and the TV Burns. Andy? I like the any, TV Houlihan. I think I'm going to go TV too. I like the How about TV you, Frank Burns. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm I'm with Chris. Uh, man, hot lips. Who who's who would ever forget the. Shower scene in the movie, right? Yes. Sally Kellerman. Oh my God. Gotta love Sally Kellerman. <laughs> Come on, we're still guys. What do you want? Oh my Jesus. God. This we is on. Word. <laughs> when, when she was younger and she looked good. Yeah. In a towel. At least I didn't yeah. bring up the, the plantation scene in Apocalypse Now where, uh, where uh, Captain Willard is smoking uh, opium with his, you know, French girlfriend. Oh, I did say it, didn't I? Oh, I, I think you yeah. just did. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, well, anyway. Oh, you will. 
go watch go watch Apocalypse Now Redo. Right, Chris? You see it. It's the real one. It's the one. It's the, the full real uncut version. Not not yeah. the, oh, the uncut. Yeah, not the wimpy cut version. Oh, that's probably why I don't remember that. Okay. Saigon. I'm still in Saigon. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's it, right, Chris? Uh, we're I done. Think, I, I, think I think we're that, really done. I think that's right, well, time. We've been joined by uh, our friend and a colleague and bra- very brave woman. Andy Berger, uh, her, her book, uh, Voices Against Trafficking, is out. Uh, be sure and what you visit her website. Andy, thank you for being a good uh, sport and joining us today for all of this uh, this first uh, first part of the year uh, dialogue. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a pleasure to share with your audience and also uh, to enjoy the second half of your show. Thank you. <laughs> so, and, and of course, thanks, Chris, for running the boards and Elizabeth for being here and, and providing mm-hmm. color. And this is the this is the end of the episode. So thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Hard Truth Tony Shaper. We'll be back next week again with another hard hitting show. See you then. <laughs>